Hello, everybody. Hello. We are back once again. It's uh, it's been a, a little while. We 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 had some, you know, personal stuff, things to take care of. Uh, uh, you know, sure. That, that kind of got in the way of our normal recording schedule. Do we have a normal recording schedule? You know, once we wrapped up the series, <laughs> our plan was to do do something every week on the dot, no matter what. We didn't know, but uh, but life happens. It's been my fault. I, I feel like these last couple of weeks, uh, we were talking about this before we before we hit record, and I'll, I'll put my life out there. Whatever, it's all good. Uh, we uh, we are in the process of home shopping right now. Uh, if you know anything about the uh the housing market right now it is it is seller's market it's hot and heavy um we put in our first offer the other night just got our first rejection about a half hour before we started recording tonight uh but that's fine um even after we put in the offer there were some things about like ah do we really want this place and it's the first place we're seeing i don't know it it sucks to be rejected but yeah but i uh after work today i ran out and we're gonna be like moving out of chicago like an hour out into the burbs so i ran out Looked at a place really quick, ran back into the city to pick up the kids from daycare, and uh, after we get done recording tonight, we'll probably be sitting down to write up an offer and figuring out what we're yeah. gonna be looking at there. Uh, so, and and we're go- and uh, tomorrow we are going to f- to the Field Museum in the morning. Oh, nice! And uh, and then in the afternoon we're running out and we are looking at three more places. How how much does your experience, like as a realtor, how much has that helped you guys as far as, you know, kind of knowing what to look for and, you know, how to frame an offer, that sort of thing? Um, it's been helpful in that, like when I go into a house, like I know what to look for, like mm. to go look at the HVAC system and try to get an idea of the age and how well it's been maintained. Uh, everything from like checking the water pressure to checking out like uh, what the outlets look like in the kitchen. Have they been updated? Things like that. Uh, I, I think what has helped the most is that I'm the one who gets to sit down and write the offer. Like I don't, I don't have to sit and wait for, for anyone else. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we, yeah. Be- Betsy and I, we can just sit down, we can discuss it. Boom, boom, boom. I can write it out. Um, yeah. And I, I can send it off. Um, that's probably the most, that's probably the most convenient thing um, and, and to help with the negotiation. Um, it, it's a thing when I first become an agent, I learned that for all of the expertise you're supposed to have in the real estate market as a real estate agent, what most people want from their real estate agent is to be the person to negotiate for them so they don't have to negotiate. For right. Themselves. Sure. And the thing, it, it, what's, what's, uh, what I find fascinating is that me in my personal life, I am not a good negotiator for myself. I let people sure. walk all over me for myself. Right. I am a dick when I am negotiating on behalf of someone. Like, I'm a dick in a good way. Like, right. I'm, I, I, I'm assertive. I stand up for their best interests. Like, I, I advocate for other people much more than I advocate, much better than I advocate for myself. Yeah. Um, so I would say, yeah, that would be the, the answer to your question there. Yeah. No, I get that. I totally get that. I can remember, you know, the like when when I finally started to do any sort of negotiating when it came to um, you know, contracts for for acting gigs and uh and how I the first time I ever did it, it was actually with like a smaller company. Um and I, you know, and as I was talking to to the producer, I just told him I was like Look, I just want you to know that I'm trying this out because I've not done this before. And I, I I don't want you to think that I'm not grateful for the opportunity. I just need the experience in doing this sort of thing. And, of course, he was really gracious about it. And, you know, we were, we were like the same age. Like I said, it was a young, small company or whatever. Um, but, yeah, it was even in that situation, like I kind of like, you know, shot myself in the foot by basically saying, like, dude, I'll take whatever you're going to give me, but I just need to try this negotiating stuff out. So, you know, throw me a bone on that, uh, you know, play act with me a little bit, uh, role play with me. But um, it is weird. It's, it's, it is, it is kind of weird to do that. And I can only imagine what it would be like when the stakes are as high as like, you know, a house, especially if it's a house that you want, you know, you, you kind of are like, uh, I, you know, I, I mean, we really want the house, but this needs to be fixed. Well, we're not going to fix that. Oh, well, Okay. You know, it's, yeah, it's tough. I can imagine. I can imagine. Yeah. Uh, Here's the thing. I I can, like, I think when it comes down to it, like, 
even though we're buying the house for, for, for me and for us, like I'm not going to have a problem negotiating when it comes down to it, when it gets mm-hmm. to later on in the process. Um, yeah. Um, I, I think the issue is going to be like, this is a seller's market. And so like there, there's not a lot of leeway for the buyer in negotiating yeah. right now. Um, yeah. And that's the, that's the, the difficult thing about it. So, uh, yeah. The, yeah. The, to tell you anecdotally, then we get into like what the actual episode is going to be about. Um, uh, the last person I helped buy a home a couple of months ago, uh, when the inspection came back, good bones, good thing, but there were some, there were some concerns, there were some issues. And I came back asking for a huge seller's credit. Mm. Uh, and it kind of freaked my buyers out a little bit. It freaked the attorney out. Like the attorney was like, no, this is too much. They will back out of the deal. <laughs> I think the most we can get this like, all right, well, let's, uh, let's ask for this amount. Like let's ask for 40% of the amount that I was going to ask for. Sellers came back and approved it instantly. Wow. No, no problem. And I was like, yeah, if, if you, if you taken my suggestion, you probably would have gotten at least 2000 more. Yeah. Damn it. Anyway, it, it, well, yeah, I mean, it's weird. You're, I guess you're at the mercy of the people that are, you know, that are actually going to be living in this house and whatnot. But it, it, it's strange. And I, you know, the, 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 the idea of like buyer's market versus seller's market and all that sort of thing has kind of always mystified me in a way because it's a weird thing. Because in my mind, it's a weird thing to trend. Do you know what I mean? Like all of a sudden, everybody all at once wants to buy a house. And so sellers are able to say like, well, I'm going to get more money out of this. And it's like, but but that's not how it works. Like we don't all just decide to go out and buy a house. Like this isn't, you know, this isn't a run on Furbies at Christmas time. Do you know, know what I mean? But, I, mean <laughs> I mean, like the way I understand, I mean, if you're a complete novice out there, uh, to alert real estate, uh, listeners is mostly it's everybody wants more space because yeah. of what happened with COVID and being home more. So people sure. who are living in the city, like you and me, we're moving out to the burbs because we can get more for our money out in the burbs. People who right. live out in the burbs, they want even more room. Right, right. So they're upgrading. And so, um, or people are, you know, in the city, like they're they're looking for condos too. Like I'm helping a couple right now. Uh, and even in just like the last couple of months, like the market for condos in the city has exploded and they've had they've had three places whisked out from under them before they even had a chance to write an offer. Yeah. So, yeah, it's crazy. I mean, we were talking, we were talking before we started recording and, and, and just, you know, seeing not only the, the, like the estimate of, of where Jess and I live, but also just some of the places around here, uh, that are, you know, that are smaller than our place. And it's just kind of like, man, like that's, that's crazy to me that, you know, in five years, things can just change that much. Even, I mean, even in, even in like a year and a half, like just looking and comparing things to what they were like a year and a half ago when we first started to, you know, to think about moving or whatever, it's like, wow, that's, that's a big change. Yeah. So, uh, fun fun times. So if you're listening to this, yeah, if you're listening to this (laughs) and you're in the Chicago area, um, I'd love to help you. We got uh, a guy. A, yeah, it's a challenging market, but whatever. Um, and we talked about this off mic. Uh, we'll just say it out here. Uh, the last time we recorded, I, I told Sam that he, him and Jessica should get ready to put their place on the market. And I flat out said, I don't want to be your agent. Because yeah. like, I'll be your buyer's agent as a friend. I, I've been the seller's agent for a friend, and it's a fucking nightmare. I will not, <laughs> I will not do it anymore. We would not be friends anymore. Yeah. So, no, so I, would, I told you, like, I know you had your guy, but I was like, I, if, even if you ask me to, I will not help you sell your place. Yeah. Well, and, 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 you know, I mean, the thought had definitely crossed our minds, but at the same time, I just kind of felt like, you know, there are some, like, I, I wouldn't want the opposite to be true. Like, I wouldn't want it to be a case of like us being like, no, we're not going to ask Dennis. And then you, you know, for you to be like offended and be like, well, I would have helped you out. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, if the opposite were true, I, I, I probably would have come to you. And I would have been like, you know, if I thought that that were the case. But just knowing the way that you've talked about it in the past, it just made sense to say like, nah, you know, yeah. we're just going to skip over this entirely. Just, you know, do do our thing. And, you know, no. it, it, I will say, what was it now? Uh, yeah, three years ago, a friend of mine, he did sell his place, and I was offended. Um, like, I, I didn't mm. say anything. Like, personally, I took it a little bit personally, especially since I, I lived in that place for a couple of years with him. Because uh, oh, like, wow. it was his condo, but he rented me a bedroom. Um, but then, yeah, after I had the experience of trying to some, help someone else other place, I was like, nope, nope, never, yeah, never, I'm never good. again. I'm good. Anyway, but we're not here to talk about real estate. 
No, no. We're here to talk about my second COVID vaccination. Oh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> how you, how you feel? I, I had a great segue. But we'll, I'm, I'm gonna, we'll come back to it later on. Talk, talk about your, I, I talk about your no, second I, I, I had to shoehorn that in. Yeah. Uh, no, I'll just be brief. Yeah, I got my second shot today, and uh, it, it it's funny because uh, I, I definitely am feeling a little bit run down. Um, it's been about let's see, about nine, about almost ten hours since I had the shot, um, and I'm definitely you know feeling it a little bit compared to that first time around. Uh, but nothing major, just, just more like, you know, when you, when you catch a bug and, and it's kind of like the night before when you're thinking to yourself, do I go to work tomorrow? Do I stay home just for safety's sake? No, I'll probably be fine to go to work. You know, it's that, that kind of feeling. Um, but I'm glad I got it. I'm glad it's done. Uh, you know, uh, it's, uh, yeah, two weeks from now. I'll be good for, you know, whatever, six to nine months, whatever the, F- the CDC recommends as far as getting your booster shots and all that jazz. Yeah. So uh, I feel good about that. And, um, you know, it's uh, there's still a lot to do. There's still a lot of work to to be done, if you will. But uh, for the most part, it's uh, it's a good feeling. You know, it's yeah. a good feeling to be vaccinated and know that there are a lot of other people out there that are, that are doing it, too. Oh, yeah. Hey, hey, we have a visitor. Hello, little guy. Harrison. Well, hello, He's Harrison. Here How are you? Hello. Yeah, he can't hear you. Can you say hello to Sam? Yeah, can you say <laughs> hello? All right. He's in a phase now where he comes out like three or four times after bedtime for another kiss. Aww. Yeah. I love He's you, getting Kenneth. so big. Yeah. Oh, God. Every day. Like when I pick him up <laughs> from daycare, he's gotten even bigger. All right, Kenneth, <laughs> we got to get some sleep. You're going to go meet Sue tomorrow. Yeah, Sue. Yeah, you're going to go meet Sue. Yeah. 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 The Tyrannosaurus Rex. Sue is a Tyrannosaurus Rex. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I'm from. I'm from. I'm from here. Yeah. All right, kiddo. Go to bed. I love you. I'm going. Hattie's <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh. in the, I'm the back sunroom with the screen up, by the way. Um, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so, yeah, in, in, in two weeks, you'll be in the clear. I'm getting my shot this week. I'll be in the clear. Maybe we should, maybe it's a little bit too soon to get inside and record, but maybe we just should, like, get in my backyard. Why and, not? And, and just do an episode from the backyard. I think we are reaching the point we have not seen each other legitimately in person in a year. Yeah. Yeah, because the last time, because we did see one another after everything shut down, just because, you know, you were picking up Harrison and I was picking up Hattie because they used to go to the same daycare. And, um, but that was... That was it. And it was always very brief. It was always very much just a, you know, just a sort of like, hey, how are hey, you? Yeah. You know, all right, let's not give one another anything. So I'll see you later. <laughs> yeah. yeah. See you later. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, congrats. Yeah. I get my yeah, mistake. I'm, I'm already planning to take the next day off work. I'm just going to assume. Yeah. Everyone in my family, um, they got hit really bad with, with side effects afterwards. So I'm, I'm going to assume that that's going to be the same case. For, yeah. Right. I mean, Jess, Jess was doing all right. I, I got Pfizer. Jess got Moderna. Jess was doing all right for the most part. She, you know, she definitely didn't feel great, but she, she felt pretty good, especially as the day went on. Uh, but she took the day off too. And I think it's just, honestly, man, just do it. You know, it, it, it's the reason why too, why I think that Biden's right on the money with urging places to, you know, give people PTO in order to, you know, recover if they need to, uh, or get the shot, you know, whichever the case may be. So yeah, I think it's worth it. Yeah. All right. Got a little guy back out here. That's all right. He's going to sit on my lap while I talk here for a little bit. <laughs> uh, cool. Yeah. So I'm going to, I want to jump back cause I had a great segue here. Give us, give us the segue. So we're, we're going to jump back. We're talking about housing. So yeah. So speaking of having difficulties relocating and all the trouble surrounding it, <laughs> let's talk about the final episode of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, you know, I'll give a quick sort of capsule review of the series up until the finale and my thoughts, and then I definitely want to hear your thoughts. Sure. By the way, uh, listeners, in case you haven't figured it out, spoiler alert, um, full spoilers. Yes. If you are not caught up on uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, we love you. Thank you for listening to us talk about real estate and COVID. Uh, (laughs) But hang up now. Hang up. Hang up now. And come <laughs> like we're in 900 back, line they call come back into. And listen to this episode after you uh, count up. Anyway, go ahead. 
Yeah. Um, so I thought that the show got off to a really great start. I, I enjoyed the the first couple of episodes quite a bit. Uh, I know that I had, you know, I'd seen online and even you had mentioned that, you know, you weren't a hundred percent sure after like the second episode I think a lot of people were into the first episode and the second episode maybe not quite as much um but I I was definitely sold on it uh very very excited about it uh you know the third episode I thought was really good there was some great stuff um you know the fourth episode seemed to kind of in some ways peak uh a lot of the you know the early momentum of the show and then the fifth episode definitely seemed to to dial some of that back just a little bit um, for good reason and, and kind of set things up for the last episode. Uh, I thought that there were, you know, there's just some great character stuff overall. Uh, you know, everything honestly with Anthony Mackie and, and Sebastian Stan was just so great. I thought both of them were phenomenal throughout the course of the series. Um, just incredible moments. The, the, the wonderful thing about it too, is they had these incredible moments alone, like, you know, these solitary moments or maybe moments interacting with a couple of other characters. But when they were together, I, I felt was, it was almost like they experienced kind of these, these small moments, epiphanies, if you will, on their own. And it was when they came together that the real growth happened for both of them. And I really liked that. Um, obviously all the stuff with, uh, Sam Wilson and his sister, Sarah, I thought was just really great. Um, you know, I, I enjoyed their relationship a lot. I think that it was it was nice to have, a, you know, those different kind of stakes uh, for the character um, that, that kind of just went beyond saving the day. Uh, I mean, he, he was still saving the day, but it was it was, you know, it, it was family um, and his past as well. It was interesting to see both of these characters reckon with their past because it seemed like it, the, it was ready made for Bucky to do that obviously like he had to do that but with with sam like it was something that the show really brought to his character that in a way that we hadn't seen as much of i mean you could certainly argue that in the winter soldier when his character is introduced we see that because one of the things that certainly happens with his character uh in the um Winter Soldier is that we see someone who has, uh, you know, not quite um, the level of PTSD as some of the people that he's helping, but the way that he's sort of dealing with the fact that he was a soldier and, you know, he he experienced war, he saw the worst of it, but he's also got the, you know, the the, the help group that, that he, you know, the therapy group that he's in charge of. So it's like, it's a character that in a way had a past. We knew that he had a past, but he almost seemed like comfortable with it. And the way that he was helping, you know, Steve, Captain America kind of grow into into being in the present as opposed to being, you know, a guy who went on the ice in 1945. So I, I always saw him as someone who kind of helped bring people along. It was really interesting to see him have to reckon with sort of some of the things in his past and, and, and not even in his past, but just culturally as well, especially the relationship that he developed with Isaiah Bradley, who, you know, we'll talk more about when we get into the, the finale, but um, just some really wonderful stuff overall. And, and, and I, I felt like if, if anything ever fell flat for me in the show, it never involved them. They were always superb. Um, you know, I, I, especially we can get more into this too. There did come a point towards, you know, I, I would say late episode four, early episode five, when I thought to myself, is, is this the big bad? Like, are the flag smashers really going to be our big bad? Like there's nothing more because they started to just feel not as threatening. Like, yes, they did some horrible things, but I never really feared for our heroes. You know, I never had that kind of fear for our heroes the way that you, you know, you tended to have in, in like the MCU movies or even in WandaVision. Like there were times when I had genuine fear about what was going to happen to those characters. And in this, I never really had that quite as much. I certainly wanted to know how they were going to save the day, but I never thought they were in danger of not saving the day. Um, so, you know, I, I, I might have been a little disappointed, although I do think that, you know, Carly in particular was a great foil, um, you know, for Sam and, and even for Bucky in a lot of ways and obviously for John Walker, which, you know, brings me to my last kind of point in talking about those, those first five episodes. I feel 
like, and I hate that this happened. I feel like I was negatively influenced and impacted by all of the bullshit on the internet about Wyatt Russell and, and, and John Walker. And all I could think as I was watching the show is, oh, I'm going to have to listen to some fucking fanboy complain about this. Oh, I'm going to have to listen to somebody bitch about this. And it really and unfortunately, it took a little bit of my enjoyment away, which 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 is it's just too bad, because ultimately I thought he was fantastic. And I thought the character was fucking superb. I thought the growth and the arc of the character throughout the show was wonderful. And one of the things that I loved, and we'll talk a little bit more about this, is the way that they left the character. Um, So uh, bringing us up to the finale, I thought that a lot of the setup was great. I thought in episode five, the conversation that Sam Wilson has with Isaiah Bradley was phenomenal. You know, there will... never be a black Captain America and why would any self-respecting black man want to be Captain America? And then how Sam processes that and what he decides to do with it. Uh, Bucky getting, you know, the equipment made for him from Wakanda, which was just beautiful. Obviously the involvement of Wakanda, uh, Okoye showing up uh, in black, which I can only suspect is a nod to the fact that they are mourning T'Challa. Um, so, uh, you know, it feels like there's every, um, likelihood that that you know they're already hinting at the fact that in universe T'Challa is is dead. Um, you know that's kind of how I took that. So um, so yeah, that you know I, I overall really enjoyed those first five episodes. Thought it set things up well for the last episode. Um, at first, I kind of felt like I was going to maybe come out of this thinking to myself that it was superior to WandaVision in a lot of ways. Um, I don't know if that's true now. Maybe I'll be able to come to more of a consensus after we talk about the finale. But but yeah, that's kind of where I was going into this episode. What about you? Uh, cool. I'll start off with, with how you finished it up there because I was thinking about comparing it to WandaVision as I watched the final episode today. Um I saw a lot of people not really complain, but make the observation that they thought WandaVision should have been a movie. And I mm. don't think that's the case specifically because of the format of the show. It was a show within a show. It was like, you know, Wanda, you know, reliving her, not reliving her trauma, but like running away from her trauma by way of a sitcom. That needed yeah. to be a TV show. Whereas as I was watching the finale today, I really felt like if they had wanted to, I'm not saying it would have been a good choice or a better choice. If they had wanted to, they could have made this a movie. Oh yeah, this this could have been its own its own self contained movie. Um, overall, I I really appreciate the story because I knew 99 percent chance that by the end of it, Sam was going to be Captain America. Yeah, I was a little. Um, disappointed at the beginning like uh, uh, that we had to like jump through these hoops of like oh he has to do this thing and then of course he's going to give the shield back and he doesn't want to be captain america blah 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 but i feel like we needed this story to fill in the gap so that when the next whatever movie where he pops up where it comes along we needed this transition of him becoming captain america Um, right you know like uh, you uh you pointed out yeah, for me, the series kind of flagged like three, like the third episode in. I was like, oh, God, like, I don't even know if I want to finish it. I don't know. Um, not that it was bad. It was just kind of losing my interest. Um, and I felt the tra- uh, the kind of transition of, uh, oh, what's, uh, what's John Walker. John Walker mm-hmm. from being a well-meaning all-American hero to what he turns into. I felt like that was a little quick, but someone pointed out online that because of uh, COVID, they had to cut an episode out and Mm. condense the story. So I'm wondering if uh, John's development suffered because of that, Uh, because I felt like he turned really, really quickly. Yeah, I, I I guess I would say that his moment when he went to visit Lamar's family Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and I agree that if, if, if there were to be that missing episode where I get to see a little bit more of him, um, I'd be fine with that, but I was able to tie it, you know, the narrative in a way to say that the moment that he shared with Lamar's mother specifically was enough to give him that nudge to do some 
you know, some self-examination. And even then, we got that wonderful thing where a lot of the development came in action. Because, you know, he was he, he was given the opportunity to either keep going after Carly or save those people. And he chose to, you know, to try to save them. And, and I think that it was kind of like, I, I, yes, everything you said is true, but, I, but I, there was enough for me to still kind of go on the journey. Oh, sure. Um, yeah. You know, without, without having more... Yeah, by um, yeah, like I said, like by the fourth and especially the fifth episode, like by the end of the fourth and the fifth episode, I was back on board, fully excited about it. Uh, by the way, yeah. I sent it to uh, I sent it to you in the in the chat, and we'll be sure to post in the show notes. Um, I saw this Twitter thread the other day. Someone did a brilliant analysis of John Walker's Captain America costume and what the costume designers did, and re- like the little subtle things that they put in the costume. To, to hint at you that that he's going to take a sinister turn. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I really appreciate that. We'll put that in the in the show notes. Um, also, speaking of uh, John Walker, Wyatt Russell, I didn't know this. His first professional audition for film ever was to be Captain America. Oh, interesting. Back, back for the first movie. He did not get it, oh, obviously. Uh, right. That would have been, I don't, like he's great in this. I don't know if he could have been the original Captain America. Just from a physique point, I don't know if he can yeah. get himself as jacked as Chris Evans does. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was a professional. Well, I guess I guess he was actually didn't make the leap quite to professional because he got injured. But he was an athlete. He was a, okay. he was a high level high level collegiate athlete. Yeah, uh, tapped to to go to the NHL. But that said, I, I agree. Like his his physique does not necessarily look like that. But yeah, I mean, I he's mean, fit. Oh, he's fitter than me. But well, he, sure, right, right. <laughs> but he, with all due respect to him and whatever, he does not have America's ass. No. No, no, definitely not. <laughs> um, but I, you know, I, I cannot. I literally just cannot imagine anybody but Chris Evans as Captain America, and I never want to imagine any as Steve Rogers, rather as Steve Rogers, Captain America. Um, sure. Yeah, you know, one of the things about what you were saying too about Sam's transition into Captain America, it, it, the the last episode, and going back to what you were saying about COVID as well, feels a little messy. And not necessarily in the the good way. Um, there are moments that I felt like were maybe in the making that didn't happen quite like they could have. And one of those things that I definitely feel like is the reveal of Sam as Captain America. I felt like when he came on the screen, it was almost like his first appearance was almost like blink and you'll miss it. Oh, there he's back. Oh, he's throwing the shield through the window. Oh, he's coming down. He's landing. And there's a weird musical music cue that the score did not match the moment, in my opinion, at all. So it felt like it it felt like there was something kind of amiss even in that. And I don't know that COVID had anything to do with that. But for me, and maybe this is part of the point, maybe I'm being too critical. But for me, it wasn't until the end of the episode when he's, you know, when he has the moment with the senator and 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 pretty much everything that happens after that that's when i felt like i got the reveal that he's captain america and i feel like it's weird because i think about the juxtaposition of that with steve rogers in captain america first avenger when he first you know chases the guy through the streets and he's not even in the uniform and he picks up the taxi cab door and it's got the star on it and everything and it's like that's how you introduce captain america and this felt kind of like they were easing into it. And, and for me, I wanted the first time I saw him in that uniform to be like a big hero moment. And instead it just kind of felt like something they kind of snuck into. Here's why I don't think that would have worked. I'm going to bring okay. it down. I'm going to bring it down to two words. The ears. Oh. <laughs> I love, I love Sam's Captain America costume. But it was at the moment that he was having with the senator and that big and that that that, that entire speech that that whole thing was, was yeah. just was just wonderful. I, I loved it. But that's what I really got to look at what the ears look like sure. on his outfit. And it's like they, they're just sticking out. Like they're 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 more awkward than than Paul Bettany in the makeup with before the CGI <laughs> of WandaVision and and being Vision. The ears just look really awkward. I feel like if they had done like a big like montage like reveal or like the close up if you see like you know the costume, 
mm. coming on. I would have just saw the ears and it would have lost me. Ease me into it. Ease me into the sure. costume. Uh, I, I say fair. that mostly joking. I see the point that you're trying to make. Um, revealing it like it did, that that worked for me. All right. Uh, and I appreciate that he's not a super soldier, but he yes. does. But he does have the wings. Yeah. And yes. to me, I'm like, that's what Captain America has been missing. Captain America should be able to fly. <laughs> and that now, should just that should just, can. That should just come standard, and now he can. Um, yeah. Which at first, because there was a moment uh, I can't remember it was in the fifth or the fourth episode where his wings are broken. And he's walking away from uh, from his soldier mm. buddy, and the soldier says, "You forgot the wings." And he said, "Yeah, you can keep them." And I, yeah. I and I thought that moment was really him dropping any vestige of the Falcon entirely, right. just not using the wings at all anymore. So I was pleasantly surprised when I saw the the wings pop up as part of Captain America. Here's nerd fact one for you: um, jo- Joaquin Torres. Uh, who's the character, his, his army buddy, uh, who does all the research for him and who he tells to keep the wings, uh, becomes the Falcon in the comic books. And it is basically Sam Wilson, Captain America's sidekick, much like Sam Wilson, the Falcon was to Steve Rogers, Captain America. Um, so whether or not they actually go anywhere with that at all, it's just, it's interesting to note that the guy that gets left with his original set of wings is the guy that in the comics actually becomes the new Falcon when Sam takes over the mantle of Captain America. See, I love those. I, I don't follow the actual comic books at all, but I love those little winks and whether or not they yeah. follow up. Uh, yeah. They follow up with the audience. To shift gears a little bit, I would say overall, like what I, what I love about this series is uh, one of the things I love about the series is how it explores the post blip world, yeah, and the and the realities of it. Like I want to see a series. Uh, it would be kind of formatted like Lost with with flashbacks and flash forwards. I want to see a series that it has nothing to do with the Avengers. It has nothing to do with superheroes. It just deals with uh, the reality of people living in the in the post blip, like during that five years when half of humanity was gone. Yeah. And jumping back and forth between dealing with everything coming back. I don't want it to be a superhero story. I want it to be MCU's version of The Leftovers. Right. Yeah, you know, I, I would love something like that. And I, I hope that with, you know, Disney Plus and the way that they're producing, you know, the, the content now, that they could do, do take a chance on a show like that. Because it reminds me a lot of in the, um, let's say, late 90s might have been early 2000s, but late 90s or early 2000s, Greg Rucka and Ed Brubaker, who are two phenomenal writers um, for comic books, Ed Brubaker actually wrote much of the comic material that, that the MCU draws on for Captain America. He wrote the original Winter Soldier storyline that was adapted for the films. He's just a phenomenal writer in general. But they co-created a series called Gotham Central. And the the show was basically about the, the day-to-day lives of the actual cops in Gotham and how they have to deal with everything and like Batman was was rarely if ever in the series at all you, you know like every once in a while there might be like you'd see his cape or you'd see like the cowl you, you know or whatever um and 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 just the way that they had to deal with crime in that city when Batman wasn't around or whatever and it was a very human series it was, it was basically like NYPD blue you know, Gotham edition. And, uh, and, and the, one of the things that people loved about it was that it was a look into this world separate from all the superhero stuff. And, and I think what you just described would be, would be something that, you know, I, I would love to see. And, um, I agree with you the way that they looked into the post blip world and the way that they were able to draw very naturally, nothing, nothing ever felt forced, draw these wonderful analogies to our world today. And not just, not just because of COVID, but, but, you know, poverty, um, racism, um, you know, the, the Israeli Palestine, you know, conflict, like there was, there were these wonderful analogous situations that they were able to draw out with the material and, 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 and look at it in a way that, you know, sure, has a sort of idealistic, optimistic, naivete, 
simplistic kind of view that we're able to draw from you know this this comic book world nonetheless i i think that it can maybe make us think about things in a different way hopefully and and pr- and promote a a positive message as opposed to you know focusing on what we get from the 24 hour news cycle which is usually more drenched in in the negative sure sure um and i think like this, like disney and marvel have the clout like they can do that and i yeah. don't i don't think that they're going to make this uh, the mistake that star wars did in the last trilogy and listen to the burt and listen to the butthurt toxic fanboys who who basically got got finn and and other characters drastically reduced throughout the trilogy yeah. just by them complaining online i don't think that that would happen to the uh, i don't think that would have happened in the mcu right I completely agree. And I think that that to to me, no more richly was it on display than with the way that uh, this show, these six episodes tackled racism and inequality. And I thought that the the way that they handled this and were able to have a pretty nuanced conversation uh, through these characters lenses was pretty remarkable um, especially for a, you know, a Disney plus MCU extravaganza, if you will. <laughs> I, um, I've only read very little bit of like fan feedback on there. Like I purposely avoid it cause I don't, I don't want to see like the toxic comments and yeah. you know, blah, 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 you know, woke culture, blah, 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 blah. Um, but yeah, I, I really appreciate about that. Um, I appreciate it. And this is a deep cut for us older folks. Uh, I liked seeing, um, uh, as Isaiah, uh, Carl Lumbly in the role. Do you mm. recognize? Do you recognize Carl Lumbly from a, from a little from a little short lived TV series from the mid nineties? Mantis. Mantis. Oh yeah. Uh, I have to be completely honest with you. Here's here's something that is going to be absolutely true. I have stayed away from the internet in all ways when it comes to this show. I didn't even recognize that that was him. To me, I, like I feel like I've seen him like in a couple guest spots over the years, um, mm-hmm. but like he instantly jumped out at me because like Mantis was like a flash in the pan, but for like a few months in between nineteen ninety four and nineteen ninety five, I I love that show. Well, you know, it's funny because obviously Mantis is something that I did recognize him from, and I watched I, I watched that when I was a kid. Uh, but uh, the thing that I really recognize Carl Lumley f- from uh, is twofold. One is Alias because he played Jennifer Garner's uh, partner Marcus uh, Dixon on, on, on that show, and then he also voiced um, Martian Manhunter John Jones on the Justice League animated series. Mm-hmm. Um, which he was, you know, always superb in as well uh, through the voice acting. Yeah, I literally, I'm. This is right now. You are. I was today, this minute, years old when 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 I learned that Carla Lumley played Isaiah Bradley. Um, yeah, and and how remarkable. I mean, he was. Oh, that character, and they rightfully saved it till the end because in so many ways, to me, the emotional climax of the show was absolutely when Sam takes Isaiah and Elijah to the museum. And, I mean, I, I'm about ready to tear up right now. I bawled. I'm not, I'm, I'm not, I, I can't make that shit up. Like, it just... It was it, it it had a profound effect on me in that moment, and it was um, it was beautiful. It was so well done, um, and it felt like a um, it felt like a very liberating, validating moment um, for for a lot of reasons that go beyond that character. Um, and I, I would hope that you know any of the keyboard warriors out there that want to talk about you know woke culture and and all that jazz um that even they had to take pause because it was i felt it was a very powerful moment i agree i agree and worth noting worth noting too that elijah is someone that we will probably see a lot more of because uh in the in the comic books anyway he is on the young avengers as uh, I believe uh, yes. I believe the Patriot is, is it the Patriot is it U.S. Patriot I can't remember exactly what the character's name is but he's um, yeah so so we've basically already been introduced now to like you know three 
of the potentially six, depending on where they go with it, uh, but at least three uh, of the characters from the Young Avengers, and then Kate Bishop, who we'll meet in the Hawkeye series, will be four. So they've got their Young Avengers cast right there. I forget that there's going to be a Hawkeye series coming up. Um, I thought Jeremy Renner had been low-key canceled a couple of years ago over something. I don't know. Um, yeah, I, don't, I, don't. I, I like his character. <laughs> I like his character. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, what did you think of uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus? Going. Uh, you were saying. So, so I was saying, um, what did you think of Julia Louise Dreyfus? <laughs> uh, you know, I thought I thought that she was great. It was it's it's one of those things when there are certain people that that can just kind of come in, you know, and uh, you don't need to have a long introduction. You don't need to know who this person is. You don't like it, she she carries that weight as an actor and, um, through her talent that she's magnetic, she's charismatic, she's interesting, she's intriguing. So immediately, like, I didn't know who she was at first, but as soon as she said the name, I knew who she was because I used to love Nick Fury, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, the comic book series that ran through like the eighties and nineties. And she was a major player in that series. Mm. Um, so I was like, I was pretty much on board. I was just sort of like, all right. The interesting thing is, is that, and I wonder if this will be something they play with, is that she was a love interest of Nick Fury's. Um, mm. So it'll be really interesting if that if that I actually comes to, up. I would love to see her and Samuel L. Jackson. Oh, play all day. Play off each other. <laughs> By the way, yeah. I just finally watched a couple days ago. I just finally watched Spider Man Homecoming, mm. and the and, and the reveal at the end of that. Yes, uh, you, you mean far from home? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Far, they, they both have the word home. And, um, <laughs> yes, uh, uh, far from home. Yes, and the reveal at the end that we don't know how long that Nick Fury has actually been a, a scroll. Yeah. So here's here's a little theory I'll throw out there for you as well. Um, speaking of scrolls, uh, so we you know we know that um, they're out there that they've been around. Um, and I think one can gather based off of some of the things that we also know that they're not all necessarily good guys. Um, and I am beginning to wonder because it feels so against character for so many reasons. If Sharon Carter, the power broker Mm. in this series is in a scroll. And one of the big tip offs to me is when she comes up to, um, Bucky and she looks like, you know, somebody else. And she she has the little disguise oh, thing yeah. on that we saw the uh, um, Civil uh, War. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Black Widow use. And so she and, and so in essence, I almost wonder if that was a tip off, a nod to the fact that this is not this person is not who she seems to be on an even, you know, on a meta level of even Sharon Carter's not who she seems to be, because I just feel it's so out of character. Everything with that character was yeah. very I just I had a hard time getting behind it. Yeah. That's a big, that's a big jump. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, cause I knew it, it had been teased earlier and I saw some like stuff online, like people thinking that she was going to turn out to be the power broker. Yes. But it took me by surprise when it, it turned out that that was the reveal in this last, uh, this last episode. <coughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and, and you know, it, it, a couple things we didn't talk about uh, that, that I, I really enjoyed in the show too. Um, Madripoor, going to Madripoor, I thought was awesome. Madripoor is actually uh, uh, an island that uh, Wolverine in the comic book spends a lot of time on. The really interesting thing about that, and I was telling Jess about this as we were watching the episode, I'm sure she was like, shut up, nerd. But as I was telling her uh, <laughs> that it was fascinating that they had to pretend to be somebody else. And that, you know, we learn obviously that Sharon is basically pretending to be somebody else as well, because one of the things that Wolverine does when he goes to Madripoor is he pretends to be somebody else. He wears an eye patch and calls himself Patch. And it's like, it's, it, you know, the idea being that this, that you go to this place and you, 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 you know, you're not who you really are there. Um, 
I will say, and, and, I don't know. It, it was interesting, and, and of course, everything with Zemo I thought was was pretty well great. done. Great. I, I, I will say, yeah, that that entire episode where that scene was in it was just kind of like eh, meh for me. I do love the scene. I don't know what what I love about it. I just love the the moment where they're where they're where they're talking with I can't remember the character's name and Sam and Sam's phone rings, mm. and they make him answer the phone on speaker, and have that entire fake conversation where their cover gets blown. Favorite part of the episode. Yeah, I, I yeah. appreciated that part. Yeah, uh, no, that yeah. was I, I that was pretty great actually. Um, yeah, it, it, you know, it is weird because there are, you know, overall, so much of it I felt was so strong and I enjoyed so much of it to such a high level that there, that the unevenness, that's the best word I can use to describe it. The show ended up being very uneven and it would be very interesting to know how much of that had to do with COVID related production, you know, delays, mishaps, etc. Um, because I just I, I I'll say this much. Whereas WandaVision I felt like kinda let me down a little bit at the end. Um this, even though the last episode, like I said, was messy, the last like five to ten minutes were so good that I left that show just being like, yes, give me Captain America and the Winter Soldier. Give me, you know, Captain America 4 starring Anthony Mackie. Like, let's go. And so it's it's hard almost to criticize it because it's one of those things where you just kind of look back and you think to yourself, well, the journey might have been a little uneven and a little messy at times, but damn, the destination was pretty great. I agree. And I wonder, uh, and this just occurred to me as you said that, I love WandaVision. WandaVision is one of my favorite shows in recent memory. Mm. I wonder five years from now, which series is going to hold up better. Yeah. I have a, man, I don't know. That's a good question because part of me wants to actually say Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And the main reason being that I think that the moments in that show that I appreciated now will only grow in, I'll, I'll, my appreciation will only grow over the next five years, whereas so much of what I appreciated about WandaVision, the creativity, the you know the the risk taking of it, it's that type of stuff. As time goes on, it I feel does, usually doesn't hold up because the backbone of it, by the time you got to the end, you know the end of the series and all the smoke and mirrors were gone, you were left with kind of your standard boilerplate superhero stuff and it to me it didn't hold up now the one exception to that is and the one thing that could absolutely prove me wrong is that i do feel the overall exploration of grief you know just thematically and for the character of wanda was handled beautifully much in the same way that you know in this series the you know the 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 kind of um you know the the racism and uh how you know the 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 ghosts of the past you know that sort of stuff uh um you know the the things that divide us how that was handled in the show um i don't know i have a feeling you don't you don't feel the same way though (laughs) no no i i I do agree i i really feel like like i said i love wandavision a wonderful exploration of grief and everything but i do feel like um a lot of the themes in uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, particularly centered around race, I think that that's going to that is going to last longer. Those themes are going to be more relevant. Yeah. Later, um, and also think I I, um, I I do feel like there will be a more direct correlation between like this. Ep- I mean, this series in part was about watching Sam transform into Captain America. And what he right. is going, and what he's going to be, I I don't know how much of what we saw in Wandavision is going to influence how Wanda's character plays out in the upcoming movies. Yeah, that's a really good point. I mean, I think that obviously her, you know, meeting with Agatha and kind of learning what she learned from Agatha and, and you know, getting the grimoire and all that sort of stuff will, will definitely play a part. But as far as everything else, yeah, I think you're probably right. Although the kids, the kids obviously are going to play a big part sure. uh, in the future. So, yeah. I, yeah, I don't know. 
I, I don't know. I think, you know, the one thing I will say, and this is definitely maybe a point in, in WandaVision's column, is that I feel as though WandaVision, to me, leads into the MCU, like in theaters, big time, big budget movie universe, almost a little bit better than Winter Soldier or Falcon and Winter Soldier, because there is an element of this that like, there's no doubt in my mind that obviously, you know, we're going to see Captain America in the next Avengers movie and it's going to be Anthony Mackie and, you know, it'll be great. But there is this, I don't know, there's something about the show that ended up feeling maybe a little bit more low key. And part of that I also think is has to do a little bit with the villains. I don't know. I, I, I just ended up feeling a little disappointed with the with the final battle. And part of that, I guess, comes from the fact that everything that we've seen before this has been, has felt a little bigger. Um, you know, you look back, obviously going back to end game, you you know, I mean, the stakes don't get much higher than that. We knew that they were going to have to get dialed down. There's no way that you could sustain that. But even with Spider-Man far from home, it felt, the stakes felt a little higher when it came to that, you know, hero villain dynamic. And in WandaVision, the stakes felt extremely high as well. Whereas by the end of this, in spite of being told that the stakes were high, I, I almost felt that the real battle for Sam Wilson was not against Carly and the Flag Smashers as much as it was against, you know, the Senate and, yep. and, and the group trying to, you know what I mean? Yeah. So in a way, there was almost this this feeling of kind of like, I don't know. It, it, I, I I almost wish the bad guys had been a little bit badder, but maybe that's mm. not the point. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I know. Yeah. It. I had some similar thoughts, like uh, uh, watching the final battle, and then also like uh, after the final battle, like watching the vehicle blow up with some of the prisoners in it. Yeah. I just felt like that was so understated and not in the best way. Like, mm-hmm. the way it was shot, like, I was sitting, and now, granted, I was busy and kid, you know, whatever, but I was, like, watching it, and I'm like, wait, did, some, did something major just happen? Like, what the fuck? Right. Was, what was that? Oh, oh, that was a big deal. Oh, okay. Yeah. Maybe they should have telegraphed that a little bit more. I, I, honestly, I was paying attention pretty closely to that moment, and I even had the same feeling that you did. Like, oh, okay. the, the, there was a moment, like, literally, when it first happened, I was like, well, that wasn't the vehicle they were in. That must have been the vehicle behind them or in front of them. Like, there's, they're... There's this is they're hatching an escape plan, and then it was like, oh no, 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 they're not. Hmm. Yeah. Okay, so it's like, yeah, all right. Um, uh-huh. So yeah, on the whole, um, I enjoyed it more than what I thought it was going to. Yeah. Overall, on the whole, on the series, uh, I did appreciate at the end that the, that the the new title card was Captain America and the Winter yeah. Soldier. Yeah, I did. I did yeah. really appreciate that. Um, but yeah, I'm interested to see how this all leads into into the next movies. And to step back, and this is kind of a tangential comment. We were talking about it earlier, and how maybe not intentional, but like how they talk about things. It's, uh, you can almost like see some uh, uh, correlations with COVID and things like mm-hmm. that. Because like sometimes, because like, I sit there watching, and I'm like, how how does COVID nineteen fit into the timeline of the blip? Right. You know all of that, and I'm, and I sit there thinking like I really think like fifty years from now when people are going back and enjoying these shows and these movies and they probably, you know, will just like, we, you know, we like old, like basically like star Wars now, right. Uh, someone who only has a broad scope of history, you could not blame them if they thought the blip was, was the MCU's way of addressing COVID-19. Yeah. No, absolutely. Absolutely. It, it's it's interesting because like I was saying earlier the the way that they have started to use it almost as an analog uh without it feeling shoehorned and it might even be more of an extrinsic thing that that we as viewers are putting into it than any kind of intrinsic you know thing from the creator's intent but it is it is applicable and it works and it you know it, it it's uh, allowing them to explore some things that I feel like The the movies did not often get the chance to touch on things that have a deeper meaning the way that these two television shows have so far. Mm-hmm. You could certainly argue that, like, you know, Spider-Man Far From Home, 
uh, you know, Peter dealing with the loss of Tony Stark, uh, Captain Marvel, a refugee crisis, um, you, you know, uh, uh, Captain America, Winter Soldier, you know, sort of general distrust of government, that sort of thing. Like, there are certainly some larger issues that get touched on in the films, but not all of them. Some of them are pretty much just straightforward, you know, bad people blow up shit, good guys stop them, you know? Yeah. Which, by and the way, it, is the title of an upcoming MCU movie. <laughs> speaking of which can we just talk about one thing that i love too is that like even though it's on disney plus and even though disney plus you know was like we're not going to have any r-rated material not that this was r-rated by any stretch um you know we're not going to host you know certain types of content like this show felt pretty dark pretty heavy like there were, you know, plenty of expletives. There were, it, it, it did not, like, I, there was a part of me that was honestly not prepared for the level of violence and profanity in the show, which doesn't offend me or bother me at all, especially because it was so important to, I think, to the show. But, yeah. like, I wasn't prepared for it because it was Disney Plus. Yeah, so it was kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, they never dropped the F, the F bomb, right? The shit was the I don't worst think so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, the, the, the one episode where, like, Zemo, uh, point blank kill someone mm-hmm. like shoots him like that and then also uh when uh john walker uses the shield to in my mind's eye like he basically decapitates the guy that's yeah. that yeah that's what i picture at least yeah uh yeah um and i feel like where i had the thought watching the final episode today uh whereas like mcu movies are really kids can enjoy them adults can enjoy them right I feel like this series, like, no, this is more of an adult series. Like, I, um, I would have pause sitting, sitting down with my, with my children watching the show if they were, like, any younger than, like, teenager. I would want to watch it with them and make sure. Yeah. Cause there's yeah. Some, yeah. There's, there's some stuff. Um, by the way, to jump back, and another thing you earlier, I didn't want to jump off on a tangent. Shut Up Nerd is, uh, <laughs> is, is the title of you and Jessica's podcast, where you just geek out about stuff. And, and, and Jessica just takes it. Yeah. Except yeah. for what she says, shut up, nerd. Yeah. That sounds about right. Um, <laughs> you know, another thing, too, that I that I wanted to mention, um, because I've seen, I, I think, some different perspectives online um, in the little bit that I that I was kind of reading today or maybe hearing about uh, just just, you know, just seeing random in, a, in my Twitter feed, not seeking it out. Um it, it, it seems that people were not, I, to, in my opinion, did not fully understand the way that the character of Steve Rogers was handled throughout the course of the show. Uh, some people, I think, felt like they were, you know, maybe undercutting him a little bit. That 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 they were, you know, not paying him the proper respect, if you will. Uh, I actually felt the opposite because I felt that every time they tried to, whether it was through Zemo or even Isaiah Bradley or Bucky's own doubts or, you know, anyone's comments about Steve Rogers, anytime they tried to undercut his legacy with any of their comments, I felt like the actions of Bucky and Sam completely blew that out of the water. It was, it was like, no, he really was the best of us. And so much so that the two of us will do whatever it takes to be the best we can be. And by the end of the show, you know, there's that moment between Bucky and Sam when they're at, you know, at Sam's um, sister's house and they're out, you know, kind of training with the shield and they're having that conversation. And, and it was clear in that moment, there's this moment that Bucky, like, I think Bucky always believed in Sam because it was what Steve said. But at that moment, Bucky believed in Sam because he knew Sam was the best. And it was it was a really lovely moment because it's like now, you know, Steve was the best of us and he saw that in Sam. And now we get to see Sam become the best of us. And and we saw there were moments in the show where it was so explicit with the conversation he has with Carly when they first meet about, you know, you're just going to become a supremacist, too. Like, what do you you know, what does that make you if you do what they would do? Um through his conversation with his sister after he visits Isaiah. And basically, you know, because there's that moment when Isaiah says the thing about what self-respecting black men would want to be Captain America, where you're just like, oh, fuck, what's he going to do? That was such a powerful line. Yeah. That when he said that line, I really thought like, oh, Sam is not going to become Captain America. Right? I really thought like, this is where the series is going. Nope. 
But then when yeah. Sam makes the decision and has the conversation with his sister and is basically like, no, I have to do this. Like it was so gratifying, you know, it was so it was such a it was one of those moments that, again, it just makes you think like, man, he is he's the best of us. And that's exactly who Captain America should be. And how fucking satisfying was it, by the way, when, you know, some FBI shield agent, whoever it was, uh, shouts off screen, hey, Cap, you know, to yeah. and Bucky's just like they're talking to you. And it was like and oh, I mean, that was that yeah. was wonderful. Just wonderful. That was sweet. Yeah. Yeah. So it's weird. Like I said, it feels, it feels a little uneven overall. Mm -hmm. Uh, but there were so many of those moments that made me smile, made me feel so good about watching the show and so good about, you know, loving a hero like, like Sam Wilson. Um, not to undercut any of Bucky's stuff, because again, I, I, I thought Sebastian Stan was wonderful, and I think we're going to get to see a lot more of of his kind of arc, which is it, it's lovely that it's not finished. You know mm-hmm. that the, that it's clear that 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 even though he's in a much better place, obviously sure. that he's that now instead of feeling like I think I think now he's kind of accepted his role, and now we'll get to see more of that, which will be wonderful. Which is, I think, both of them had that level of acceptance over their roles. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Hey, you hear that? My baby, my baby. I did. She's, she's doing her thing. She's doing it. She's doing her bedtime thing. We should start to wrap this. Yeah. Aww. We should start to wrap this up pretty soon. Uh, but yeah, cool. This was a good talk. I was, uh, yeah, I was worried I would not have as much to say about it as other stuff, but turns out we did. Yeah. Yeah, I you know, hey, I if it, whether or not it, we get another season of Captain America and the Winter Soldier, or it's, it becomes a film, you know, and that's and that's going to be the the fourth film in the Captain America franchise, if you will. Whatever, wherever it goes, I'll be there for it. Um, I'm definitely sold on the characters and and these guys specifically. Um, and now we get to kind of buckle up and wait for Loki on June 11th. Yeah, so I'm looking at uh, uh, looking at news that came out today. Ca- uh, Captain America 4 is definitely coming. I think it's coming as a movie. I'm trying to confirm that. Um, yeah, I think, yeah, Captain America 4 is definitely coming as a movie. Yeah, makes I, it makes sense. I think that's I think that that's the way that they should go. Um, yeah, I, it's just, so, yeah. yeah. I feel like we barely scratched the surface in some ways because the show is actually a lot deeper and more rewarding than I think... You, you know what I mean? I, sure. I, I do think it's a show that's going to, again, there's some weak stuff, but I think that some of the strong stuff is pretty, is pretty deep. So yeah, it'd be interesting to reflect on it, you know, down the road, come back later. Yeah. Especially like yeah. after like the next Avengers movies and Captain America movies come out. Yeah. We should do that. Yeah. Cool. We should probably start wrapping up. Get out of here. Figure out what we're going to talk about next week. Uh, we'll talk. <laughs> yeah right we'll talk we'll talk more we'll real figure, estate stuff figure it out right <laughs> have some more uh, somebody's gonna buy a house somebody's gonna sell a house we'll figure it out yeah welcome to fates wide wheel a quantum leap slash real estate slash mcu slash whatever podcast oh man yeah cool uh but yeah cool we'll recover well from uh from, Thank uh, you from your COVID side effects. I, I am so looking forward to being sick. Uh, <laughs> I'm so looking forward to being sick. I, I love someone posted on Facebook the other day. Like, how wonderful is it to like be able to tell your boss, like, "Hey, uh, I'm not coming in tomorrow because I'm probably going to be sick," and you're yeah. happy to say that. Right, right, right. So, vaccines yeah. working its miracles. Vaccine, <laughs> vaccines working it. Cool. Well, thank you, uh, listeners. We'll drop this in your ears sometime in the next few days, and then we will be back next week to talk about something. something. I don't know. <laughs> and I, know. I don't mean the George Harrison song. Or something. Uh. Yeah. Hit us in the comments. Let us know what you want to you know, talk about. Cool. Yeah. All right. My baby's awesome. calling. All right, man. Well, you take care of yourself. You take I, care of that baby. Well, listeners, you take care of one another at the same time, and we look forward to seeing you real soon. Let us know what you think. Drop us a line on the Facebook or the Twitter or whatever, and uh, we'll continue the conversation. Cool. In the meantime, let's get out of here. Let's go. Bye.
As I travel in space and time I want to stay, I want to go You see my face but it's not mine But you can't see, you'll never know How can we 